Hello and welcome to another LA Rams UK podcast. This is episode 11. My name's Aaron and I'll be hosting this episode and joining me is, as usual, Chris. Good evening, good evening, good evening. And Jordan. All right, how are we doing? Good stuff. Now, we've just come off of a a win against the Bengals 24-10 at Wembley. That puts us at 5-3 on the season going into the bye week. It's a nice two-win streak off of the losses, so back on track. Now, on this episode, we're going to discuss a few different things uh, from normal because we had quite a special weekend for us guys and for a lot of Rams fans visiting the country and London uh, to watch the game at Wembley. So we're going to obviously touch on the fantastic weekend we had, starting from the Saturday fan rally at Barraboy and Banker and also the game day experience at Wembley with the tailgate and watching the game. We're going to talk about the game, obviously, itself, Chris also appeared on a, a podcast from, uh, I believe, they're not in LA, are they, Chris? They're um, they're based on the East Coast, aren't they? As far as I'm aware, yeah, I was getting a bit confused in relation to timings, but I, I think we'll cover that <laughs> off later. Yeah, yeah sure. Odd. Yeah, that's the Rams Brothers podcast. And Jordan also had a special appearance with Serena, the Rams team reporter, on her podcast. And um, we'll touch on some uh, team news and questions as normal. So let's kick off with... The weekend that's just happened. The Rams came to London. They arrived quite late in the week, but it was pretty much a week celebration at the Borough Boy and Banker for the Rams. It was all kitted up with all the pictures and the banners and everything else inside the pub. And some people who were lucky enough to come down early to London got to experience that, as well as all the usual sights. And there was a fan rally on the Saturday, which all of us uh, appeared at, as well as... (laughs) Fans from all around the world. I wouldn't say we appeared at, we attended. We weren't on the official well, sort of official true, attendees. But I did feel like everybody knew we were, which was great. <laughs> so we, we, uh, we also turned up, shall I say, <laughs> to, the, to the fan rally at the PowerPoint Banker and also the, uh, the game on uh, Sunday. So let's start with our own personal experiences at the Barrow Boy and Bank on Saturday, Chris. Wow, what a Saturday in the Barrow Boy Bank was absolutely fantastic. The atmosphere was superb. The amount of Rams fans and other NFL fans, and unfortunately I had my brother-in-law accompany me, not the one we all don't like on the other podcast, but he was this. the other one is a Patriots fan. And But he, the, the feedback he gave was fantastic of how it was all done and the actual official two-hour slot which the, the Rams had obviously put on, and, and I think we've spoke about it off air and spoke about it previously, it was just a complete whirlwind. And when that sort of died down, I felt completely drained after the, the sort of the two hours. Uh, like you say, we weren't on the official lineup, and it would have been nice to have our name maybe next to Rampage, but next we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely fantastic. And, and what they'd actually done and the interaction that you were able to get, and there was none of... Yes, there was security in there. Of course, there was to make sure that there was nothing going to harm. But the one-on-one interaction that you could have with with the likes of Eric Dickerson, Tory Holt, Kevin Dimoff, Sam Lugana, JB Long, the cheerleaders—it was just 
you don't get that really sometimes in in the sport that we watch maybe over in the UK it's they're very much try and keep away from the fans and I don't know if that's just the difference of clientele shall we say or mindset of a, of a UK sports fan but when they've come over here they've completely embraced it and what we actually got to experience on Saturday was absolutely superb and meeting everybody and the feedback that we got from everybody that listens to our dulcet tones every week was superb and not just from the UK the amount of people that actually listen to it in the US is mind-blowing really um, so hello to all and we will name check some others as we go through probably yeah and Jordan how how was it for you yeah no I mean Chris covered quite a lot there but I was <laughs> sorry I, no, sorry I was I, well first of all I was absolutely shattered I, got, I, I was up at three o'clock in the morning to get my uh, what was it 27 flight I think it was from Glasgow so didn't stop you having a beer though did it mate no, definitely not. I'd, <laughs> first one was at like quarter to six in the morning, but no. By the end of the two hours, I was just Chris is right. You were drained because there was that much going on, that much, you know, interaction and stuff. They had all the interviews and different things. Managed to get my jersey signed by Tory Holt, so that's going to get up and framed. So that no, was that no, was great. I'm sure we'll touch on it again, but even in there, it was just a lot more. A lot more Rams jerseys than I can remember from two years ago when I was in there. So it was a you know great experience. It's maybe unfortunate that it's maybe going to be one of the last ones we have over here, depending on if the Rams come back over as a road team. But you know, just it was a great start to the weekend, and obviously it gets better, which again we'll touch on. But you know, just a, a great experience overall. Can I just jump in on two points there before you go on to yours, Aaron? If that's all right. Yeah, of course. So. I was stood for quite a while chatting with JB Long and he was under the impression that the Rams may be back in the next two or three years and that will be because the new stadium will obviously host the Super Bowl which means you then get added into the international series so that's right, one yeah. that's one little caveat secondly I had the conversation with someone that I think on the Saturday and in the in the stadium on the Sunday more than double Rams fans, more than double, easily, than when we've seen it previously. I think they were the the team or the staff that were there on the day were generally quite impressed with how much it's grown. They they were all doing the rounds, as you guys said. It was it was a really good, really close up experience with the the legends, of course, and the staffers, uh, like you say, JB, uh, Sam Lagana, and Kevin Dermoff was there, wasn't he? Um, walking around the pub. He, he, I bumped into him and he just thanked us for the support and sort of helping grow grow things over here. I mean, he gave us the, I think the uh, the announcement of the fact that the seats were being placed into the new stadium ahead of announcing it on social media. I believe. Yeah, I think it was. So, yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully we get to see them back based on maybe that that premise that they have to give one up for the Super Bowl. And I mean, obviously the easy answer for them is to go and do a Mexico game or something like that. Uh, which they they uh, dropped out of last year, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But hopefully, with the experience they had this weekend, uh, it might entice them back. You never know. But it normally goes where the money is. <laughs> but there's a lot of money in London, so definitely so. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it brings them back. But no, it was um, for me. Yeah, it was it was it was a whirlwind the whole day. Like it was obviously a long day. 
I mean, I'm not so far away as Jordan is and yourself, Chris, from, from London, only about 40 minutes out on the train. But getting to the pub at 12 o'clock and spending most of the, the day there till 8, 9 o'clock, for example, and um, it went very fast, that 2 till 4. And I thought I was really impressed with the guys just being very approachable and, and putting, putting the effort in coming out to us, really. And the event was filmed not by by the Rams, but it was CBS LA filmed. Oh, uh, I was wondering when you talk uh, about your famous uh, bit. I don't know why I'm mentioning that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did appear. Uh, very briefly. Very briefly cut, on very briefly. CB, is it CBS LA 2, I think it was? Is it, was it LA 2? Oh, that... Not even one. My God. <laughs> Well, it's my, my claim. My, that was my two. You can have that, mate. Fame, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So um, no, it was great. So um, I really enjoyed it. And then um, there was another pub, wasn't there? That it, some fans had to sort of go into afterwards because it was so busy. It was a really great day, and it's the first time I've attended. I didn't go two years ago. Um, did either you two? I know we've mentioned this before. I didn't go to the Barrow Boy two years ago. I only came down for the day for the last one. I think Tony was yeah. definitely there. I was there, yeah. Yeah. Because was it, from what you remember, Jordan, from, from last time, I know you attended a, an NFL UK event before as well, but what, what was the... Did they do a lot more this time, from your opinion? Yeah, I don't really remember them doing the, you know, the stuff on the, the, the staircase for those that were there, the, or who weren't there even. So it was like the Serena had done a bit with... Uh, did Serena interview Tory Holt and Eric, or was it JB? Can't remember. Anyway, someday, and then they done um, competition for the the t-shirts and stuff like. That. I don't remember any of that. Um, so that was all all new. I think it was a, a lot better done this time. Not that it was terrible uh, two years ago, but there was a lot more. I think there was a lot more interaction. There was, you know, the, the likes of that. You had, I mean, last time Les Snead, Kevin Demoff, Sam Lagana done a bit of the. Whose house, that kind of stuff. But JB Long and DeMarco Farr were in the corner doing a live radio show, so they never really got to interact because they were on, on the radio for mm-hmm. ESPN and LA. So that was, I think it was a lot better this year. Yeah. And uh, should we do a few shout outs of people that we knew that turned up? I mean, I don't know a lot of them by name, but I know of the, 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 the usual uh, suspect was there Scotland's Ram with his uh, face paint on. He was loving life there. Yeah, yeah. G, G U Tiger was obviously in there. We had the the, the guys from LA. So there's the Ramsgunk, which is Paul and, and his wife Angel, Pink Survivor. The Rams mom and her husband, they were superb guys. We had lunch with them on the Sunday. I've got a shout out to David as well. Apologies, I don't know your surname, but he gave me a game towel from the Coliseum, which was fantastic. That was his game towel, so he didn't have to do that. Everybody you spoke to was just so accommodating and they weren't, not in a condescending way, but they couldn't believe how much we love their game. And they, it was just more on that of a, of a thanks more than anything, really. And, and how much we, well, I'd like to say how much we know, but that, again, they were some sort of surprised of the knowledge that we had. And I had actually had a quite a long conversation probably not right to say in the toilets. It was outside the toilets with Sam Lagana. <laughs> um, and he listens every week. So so good evening, Sam. Th- thanks for listening yeah, again. Shout hopefully. out to Sam, yeah. Sure. Um, and, he, and, and even speaking with, with Paul, it was they like what we talk about because we are maybe slightly disconnected 
from it rather than listening to people they sit next to and, and talk to in LA. So they, they feel like we talk sense. I'm not quite sure what that means. Yeah. Um, but no, that as I say, from what I said earlier, the feedback that we got was, was superb and more feedback is great. We're, we're quite happy to take it either way. We just want to make sure we're doing something what people want to listen to and it, it seems like that's what it is. Good stuff. Swiftly move on to the Sunday where festivities carried on, on at Wembley. We all met up with a lot of other Rams fans that met on the Saturday for a bit of brunch at the Borough Boy and Banker again. And then we all went down as a collective to Wembley on the tube. Well, I guess we kind of split up when we got to the tailgate, didn't we? But what did you think of the tailgate, Jordan? I hadn't experienced Wembley before. I'd only been to the two games at Twickenham. I think it was a, a lot better than uh, Twickenham from from my experience, and I think a lot of people had said that anyway that had already um, been to both. So, no, I thought it was thought it was good. I've queued to get in the the store, which was I mean you were in it for about half an hour. It was always it was so weird because it was always moving, but it had that many <laughs> it had that biggest, many snakes in it. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest shop I've seen at the at Wembley or Twickenham, and. It's just classic sort of British queuing. <laughs> it was, like I say, so many twists and turns in this snake. But it was almost like at one point, like everyone was sprinting <laughs> in yeah. line. Uh, well, me, I, me and you walked into the tailgate together and we both looked at each other and went, don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it sped up. At one point, they said it was an hour and a half and it, it did go a bit quicker than that. But the time I went in, uh, most of the stuff was gone. I think you got in there a bit earlier, didn't you, Jordan, and bought, bought all the jerseys up? <laughs> yeah, I was not. I was only going in to see. Well, I saw some people with the Ramsey, um, Ramsey throwback jersey, which is what I was looking for. Because I didn't, I didn't actually have throwback colours. I did buy a girly one in his rookie year, but as soon as I moved out from my mum's house and done my own washing, I basically ruined it. So I don't actually have a, the throwback colours. So I got that and then walked to the next section and saw the throwback Eric Dickerson one, the white one with the yellow and blue sleeves, and then next to that one was Marshall Falk's throwback. I think you were wearing that one, Aaron? Oh, I was, yeah. 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 I was saving it and, to frame, but I don't have any other side <laughs> to wear it. In my yeah. condition. <laughs> yeah, no, and he was my first favourite player, so then I thought, oh God, so about 300 quid later or something, I was, I was uh, out of there. <laughs> and luckily so no that was that was good and then but that was pretty much the queue and took that long that by the time I got out of the shop I got I think I got another beer and then headed into the stadium so I didn't get to experience it as much but it, it looked a lot bigger a lot better to be honest mm. yeah it seemed like it was bigger it seemed like it was split as well so I think where we said obviously we got split up after we got off the tube myself and my brother-in-law we were with you weren't we? and, and, and your wife and we, we sort of walked and probably with our heads buried in the sand, walked completely the opposite direction to the tailgate. But it seemed like they were doing some, there was like three different sets of activities and, and the tailgate obviously was where the main stage was, which it seemed it was it was doing what it was doing. And obviously it's it's one thing that you had to explain to the, to the American guys when you're on the tube, this isn't a normal tailgate. It's a little bit more of a, of a corporate setting, but it definitely works for bringing everybody together in the, the activities that were obviously going on stage with with the guys were good enough to obviously to keep you interested just before you went into the stadium. 
on that note, Chris, I know you hanged out with some of the guys again. You might probably bumped into them in the tailgate. Uh, yeah. The guys from LA. Did we manage to see the guys that jumped off early to go to the toilet? <laughs> uh, to I got it? a text message from David yesterday, uh, apologising because and Still I don't know if anybody else had. Yeah, don't <laughs> think anybody else had this experience, but to actually try and get hold of anybody outside the ground was impossible on your phone. Right. You couldn't get a signal through anywhere inside the stadium. Complete full signal. Shows that the stadium was sponsored by EE. <laughs> yeah. um, there you go. But outside the stadium, couldn't get hold of anybody. So he, he messaged me and said, apologies, couldn't get hold of you. We did make it to the crowd. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the boys so jumped off, desperate for a toilet, and then someone next to us goes, there's no toilets at this station. As the train <laughs> pulls away. <laughs> <laughs> when we were one stop away, which is interesting. Yeah. But no, when you, when you got to go, London. you got to go. Yeah, so uh, that was good. So yeah, it was um, it was quite similar to the time I've been at uh, Wembley before. It was normally mm. spread out around the stadium, but most of it was where now seems to be a block load of flats built. So it was a little bit more awkward to get to, but it's the usual um, you know affair with the, all the beer tents and the shop and uh, some of the games and the stands and whatnot. But uh, I, I've never had Club Wembley before, humble brag. But when I went in there, I didn't realise how uh, how flush it was. I could have gone in there, fancy, innit? I could have gone in there two hours before and not and uh, not be queuing up for anything. Nice food, nice bars. Yeah, I've actually been in there on the corporate when it's been England football matches. Yeah, and that's all been the corporate through work. And yeah, you even have a comfy seat as well, didn't you? Cushions yeah, on your seat. Cushions didn't you? on my seat. Yeah, I couldn't you. believe it. Oh, great view. I was only about five rows back on the middle tier. Um, but like cup before, holders. Yeah, cup holders. Yeah, it didn't really hold the pot all That was. <laughs> But yeah, and um, yeah, we said before, no bad seat really in Wembley. So I assume you guys uh, didn't have any uh, eight foot people in front in front of you. No, <laughs> and, and the one one thing I will say is, and it's fantastic, but how many Germans there were? Oh, unbelievable! And we were yeah. we were surrounded by them where we were sat, and there was a lot in the the Barrowboy and Banker as well. And I'm very very surprised of how many of those guys had travelled over for the weekend and the way that they follow the game and some of the guys sat in front of me, they were enjoying themselves big time. Mm. Yeah, unbelievable the, the amount of German people in the in the stadium and in the ground. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I hope they had a good time. It's a long way to travel. And I know the, the guys in LA were, were loving it the whole weekend. So yeah, um, hopefully everyone had a good time, especially coming away with the win. Uh, what was your seats like, John? Um, no, they were really good. I was on the bottom tier about second row from the back but um it was pretty pretty good uh, view could see pretty much everything had joe mixon's family just in front of me yeah i saw that uh, did you speak to him at all no i, I, I didn't uh, speak to him i kind of put two and two together um when the whole family older, was, when, they had, when they had mixon on the back of the chair <laughs> yeah two two older uh, man and woman had, had jerseys on with mixon and then they were pointing them out on the, the field but the pre-game and then um, so th- there was people coming up I just think normal Bengal fans coming up and, and speaking to them so mm-hmm. kind of quickly worked it out and then I also had Simba Webster who's on the Rams practice squad his mum was sitting about well she was sitting with them I don't know if they know each other or whatever but she was there as well so 
yeah, I think I was I was because I was at the Bengal sideline. I think I probably got most of their family round about me. Yeah, um, it that's something you find a lot as well, isn't it, in the NFL? The, the, and again, I'll, I'll reference it back to us watching in football and, and soccer over here that the families and everything are quite segregated off in the sort of corporate seating. But in an NFL stadium, they do mix with the rest of the fans more often than not. Is that about right? Me saying that. Seeing what you've seen on a lot of the videos from when you're watching the All or Nothing and and things like that and the hard knocks, it seems like the families are definitely integrated just in the normal seating. Yeah, they're normally in uh, either right at the front sort of thing. Uh, they're not normally tucked away in a box or anything like that. Mm, which so is good. Cool. Yeah, no, it is. So, both days were brilliant, really, to summarise that. And um, so what we can do, moving on from that tailgate and the seating experience, is to move on to the actual game itself. Oh, you yeah, forgot there was a game. Yeah, it was a game. Yeah, we should talk about that. <laughs> so, as mentioned, it was 24-10 Rams. Uh, I know, Jordan, you've had a chance to review the game again. So, do you want to kick us off with some of your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, came back, I got back Tuesday and I watched it again without the sound on when Sky Sports Studio was on. But, first off, again, just to mention the... the they were at the sideline pre-game and it was Sean Gale and uh, one of the, the female presenters, I'm, I don't know what her name is, I can't remember, but they pre- they mentioned the, the cheer as the Rams came out, so I think they, they commented on that there was quite a lot of Rams fans there, which we've kind of touched on how much of an increase it was, and then it was pretty pretty good first drive, I got down, but usual kind of red zone woes at times, set up for the field goal and then kind of traded off with them, with the Bengals until we got to 10 all. And then obviously we've got things like the double reverse flea flicker, which I don't think I've ever seen in my life before. Um, so that was mm. one, that was one to mark down for not the record books, but you know, it was a play that you've probably never seen before. Um, and then the Rams, Defense pretty much kept kept the Bengals out of it. They, they they were going for it on fourth down quite a lot. They were obviously going for it on seven. Nothing really to lose. So I don't know if Sean McVay was doing Zach Taylor a favour and kind of not trying to run the score up to step on their throats as such because mm. it seemed like the the Rams got quite conservative towards the the end of the game, just mostly mostly running plays and nothing much. There was no scoring in the fourth quarter at all. So. No, I think the Rams, once they get into the second quarter and then the, the touchdown in the third quarter, it was, um, they kind of wrapped it up. So, yeah, I mean, we had just a couple of highlights, I guess, is that you mentioned the flea flicker, uh, flicker sorry, that contributed to Cooper Cup's 220 yards uh, on the on the day, which is an international record. Um, and uh, and it's the tra- one podcast that Tony misses. <laughs> yeah. And he misses his man scoring two hundred and twenty. Well, I think he's just—he's just watching him now. He's, on he's still just on it, and he's just—he's just yeah. on YouTube permanently. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get him a Cooper Cup pillow. Where you can have <laughs> Cup's face. One with an arm on it, so it's gonna. That's all right now. So yeah, he—he he got a record at, uh, on that game, and uh, he's put himself second in the league with seven hundred ninety-two yards. Goff had uh, over three hundred passing yards. Uh, you know, I know yards can. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean much in in certain games, but a couple of other things were that Cook's got concussion again, which is unfortunate. Where do, what do we think is going to happen with Cooks now? Then I worry for that. I really do. I don't know if it will be taken out of his hands in some ways, but 
it seems to be happening every time he gets a hit, which I don't know what how you how do you get yourself away from that if, if you've got a a sponge head that's pretty much how it's going to go isn't it? it's, well I know our guy Tom mentioned um, sort of reviewing the play that he, he seems to tuck his head down a lot and I'm not mm. sure if it's just it's just a combination of him doing that and being that small um, uh, compared to some wide receivers that he ends up being punished for it or whether he just he is tucking his head too much um, so you think it's a technique thing I don't know Jordan what do you reckon I think it's probably just uh I mean, I've never never played. I'd imagine it's possibly just some like a natural reaction. He kind of yeah. Obviously, he's not trying to put his head into contact, but he's obviously trying to make himself You're just hunt, you know, small, need to protect yourself, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, make yourself is, as um, small a target as possible, but he's also leading with the head. So yeah, that's, that's just a reaction. And I'm not sure if it's just that where the level of his head is when he then does that would normally be someone's chest. If you know what I mean, um, it's just causing that to happen. I I, he's had two this season so far, isn't he, with us? I yeah, I think it's yeah. the second one, yeah. He had one in the Browns game, I think it was. Um, I, I can't remember how many he has for his career as well, but I think it's quite a lot, to be honest. Mm. To the stage where you are worrying about after football. Well, that's it. And, and it will come to the point where the sports scientists will get involved and you hope it doesn't happen to that because... Well, players' careers could effectively be taken away from them because of medical, and that that's their job. But it may come to the point of saying, "Look, you're going to do yourself some serious damage later on in life," and that's what the the NFL is is really on. That's the whole reason why this concussion protocol is in place, isn't it? Mm. What was his contract? Was it he just he signed a new lengthy contract with us, didn't he? Well, he signed one before they even played the game, played it yeah. down. So it was what was it just last year? Started last year, he he, he got mm. traded to. So it was I can't remember four. if it was four or four or yeah, five four years, or five 80, years. Yeah. eighty odd million. So I think it's still still at the stage where if you you know you either try and get rid of him or he has to retire or whatever, you you lose out on a lot of money. So that's the kind of selfish. Ram's point of view obviously his health's more important but mm. but that's the kind of it's it's you know it's obviously a big deal he's been given and a lot of that that money's got to you know the Rams are kind of short on money as keeps people keep pointing out between the girly contract Goff Donald Cooks you want to pay Ramsey and then obviously other guys are coming up for extensions and whatever so I'd, I'd say it's a bit of a worry at this stage now. I think we're, we're, we're at that stage. <laughs> but I think one, obviously, health aside there, obviously, is concerning. Reynolds seemed to have a good game. he came in and caught some um, good passes from Goff and sort of taken in uh, Cooks' place there. I think he always does. I think mm. when Josh Reynolds always comes in and, and step, he steps up, and I think he's he's good at that number four. If he needs to, obviously, keep stepping up. He's not, obviously we've got a week now and, and an extra bye week, which I think will help Cooks. And dependent on obviously how that works, normally they get themselves into the position of of being fit again after sort of the, the seven ten days. So I'll be, I think he'll be okay there. But I think they do bring Reynolds in a lot, even when all three normal wide receivers are fit, because he's a bigger target, so yeah. they can run different plays with him. 
on on the target situation, Cup had the majority with ten, and Reynolds actually had eight in second place. There, did he take over Cooks's role? Slightly different player, aren't they? If you don't, if you agree with that, John, they, they they offer something slightly different. I don't think Reynolds has got the pace to go over the over the top as Cooks has. Yeah, um, I mean, it's. I, I think it's Reynolds, like, as such, actually acts as maybe even a third tight end because he's that big. I think maybe previous years. Obviously, the Rams kind of done one thing. That was their. They always had three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back. That was the the the, the thing. That was the formation that was always commented on. I think now that McVeigh's shown a bit more variation, that when someone goes down, whether it is Cooks or whoever, that you kind of you're not forcing Josh Reynolds into the Brandon Cooks role. You're forcing Josh Reynolds into the Josh Reynolds role. That's mm. I think maybe there's a bit more variation because I don't. You know, Cooks is always on the the wide. Well, he's generally on the wide. You know, either left or right, out widest. Reynolds touched down. Pretty sure he was in the slot because that's kind of just kind of middle middle of the field. One to his, his touchdown over the top of because um, yeah, it was yeah. kind of in between the the linebackers and and safety. So, I mean, I think it's there's more variation now that it's not kind of a determined role. So. Yeah, slightly different players in it. it. There is, I mean, Cook's obviously a really good wide receiver, so there is going to be a bit of a drop off. That's no, no knock on Reynolds. He's still on his third year or whatever, third fourth year. So you know, he's he's got a lot of learning to do as well. So it's positive that you can bring a guy in as your fourth, as Chris says, and there's no major drop off. So that's it's going to be positive either way, I think. One thing I thought was interesting is that Everett, who's been quite prominent in the last couple of games, he, he wasn't really involved too much in this. Well, in terms of the receiving side of it, I'm not sure in how much he was blocking, which they normally bring Higby in for that sort of thing, don't they? He only got 15 yards on the whole game. So it's weird. I mean, they, they are mixing things up. They've been com- um, People have complained that they, they haven't had a plan B, but they obviously have, a, depending on the, who they face... They can even go with the tight ends, which they never used to, and they started bringing them in a little bit now, and then they sort of fade away a little bit. I guess it's game situation based, but I think well, that's exactly that. I think it is game situation. I think if you're playing someone who's a little bit tighter on on the on the back end with with, with the safeties and, and the and the cornerback, I think you're gonna have to play your tight end to, to sort of come in the middle. But in this sort of a game, you couldn't really not give it to anyone but Cup because of the what he was actually doing with it, do you know what I mean? And mm. the the relationship that him and Goff have got is one of the best in the league, really. Um, I guess it also keeps people on their toes, on their toes. Sorry, further down the schedule, where it's like, well, I, we all know like Cupsy's main guy, so you know there's going to be times where he's going to be double teamed, and then obviously Reynolds coming in for Cooks has to have a couple of weeks off. Then Reynolds is showing himself to be a threat now. And we all know Woods is always a threat, and Everett has shown himself to be a threat. So it's just sort of spreading where people have got to look, and it's, it's exactly not just... what you want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly, exactly what you want. More, more strings to the bow, and and it works on the other side of the ball as well. We all know that Aaron Donald is going to be double teamed, but it frees up someone else because there's going to be a gap, and it works exactly the same on the on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to give someone else that chance. It's going to have some time to make a play. And that's what McVeigh is all he's been, I think he's been working for. You've got to change from previous years. We can't just keep doing the same thing. It's like we spoke about before, being a 
copycat league and all that kind of stuff, but you have got to change it up. Sometimes it just doesn't come off. We've had games like that this season already, but you can definitely see some sort of evolution in it. Um, and what was interesting, considering this team was ranked last, we mentioned the last podcast on not only rushing from their, the offence side, but on defending the rush, we only had 98 yards in total across all uh, rushers. Uh, and that was pretty much spread the main guys between Gurley and Henderson, which you look at the statistics and it's another one where you're like, hang on, Gurley only got 44 yards. What's the problem that most of the LA media seem to go on about? Which was interesting because he was buzzing when he was being interviewed over here, it seemed. He loves the place, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, one I mean, of his things is he's going to retire to London. Love that. Yeah. So it was nice to see a smile on his face for a change. And maybe it's because the guys over here didn't bug him about his usage and about his knee and, you know, how's he feeling? Has he got any aches and pains? Things like that. And like you, we've said about the wide receivers, about making it harder for people to predict where we're going to go with. Maybe that's where Henderson being a slightly different back, it's saying, look, there's nothing wrong with Gurley. We just think it's more effective to say, look, you don't know which one of these guys we're going to bring out when. Yeah, you know I mean? A bit like the Saints were with uh, Ingram and Kamara. But, yeah. What do you, uh, what do you think of the, the running running game, Jordan? Um, I think I still have a concern. Um, it wasn't like they, they didn't attempt to run it at any, but it does mean there's 26, 26 rushes for 98 yards, which is you know 3.8 a carry. Robert Woods with four carries is quite, I mean, doesn't seem like a lot, but considering he doesn't line up as a running back, so it's all, you know, end arounds or, or those kind of fancy handoffs that McVeigh throws in for him. So that that's quite a lot. So they're obviously trying to think of ways to to get the running game going and it's just not working right now. Mm. But so I think it was maybe lucky that, you know, the, the Bengals just thought they wouldn't bother putting anyone on Cooper Cup for most of the day. Because <laughs> I mean there were some of the times he was so wide open it was mm. quite I mean, I'd be concerned if I was a, a Bengals well, I think you're past concerned if <laughs> you're not a Bengals already fan concerned. anyway. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a different level when you know how good Cooper Cup is, how much Jared Goff relies on him, for him to be so open. I mean, I think he probably made one catch where he was probably had a defender within a couple of yards, and that was the one over the top where the guy was kind of draped over him. Um, I think that was like the third or fourth quarter. It was quite a yeah. deep, deep pass. I think that was probably about as close as a defender got to him all day on a catch. So, um, no, the, the running game... Maybe something to watch when we get to, to Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks. Can we talk about the play properly? Go on in, the play. As in, as in the play that the NFL and everybody just seems to be putting on repeat on all of their social medias. I don't know about... We were obviously all in the stadium. I had no idea where the ball was until Cup caught it. <laughs> Which is exactly what they were trying to do, obviously. Um but I just want to talk about. I feel well. You've got to feel a little bit sorry for the for the defender to the fact that he completely slipped, which made it even easier. Um, but what a dial up from McVeigh! To, and and they've obviously worked on it. You you can't do something like that by just obviously not being able to obviously practice out in the practice field. But they just they executed it to a complete T. I mean, that's why I wonder all these sort of that you say with Woods and the Russian game and these sort of jet sweeps and stuff. That 
it builds up to to see if you can get away with one of them. Um, well, it, it feels like a, when like a, a, a special teams play, doesn't it? When you get the fake punt and stuff like that, I think it, you could probably even put it into that. It's also like you watch Test it and you're really. like, because you don't see it very often, you think, oh, hang on, is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because then they did seem to check it for a while as well, which they were obviously checking that there was no sort of illegal passes and, and, and everything else. But no, I thought it was, the dial-up was absolutely superb. I thought it was fantastic. I'm watching it now, it was hand off to Cup, Cup runs past, hands off the woods, Woods uh, flicks it back to, uh, to Goff and uh, it goes to Cooper Cup for the rest of the and how touchdown. and how good is it to show a new market and a new a a onlooking fan base that doesn't watch the Rams week in week out? This is what we're all about. Yeah. Perfect timing. And also a play like that, I was just watching like the uh, the offensive line to just make sure that you keep got your eyes on them on the, on the on their defensive line to make sure you don't let Goff get sacked back there. Exactly. Because obviously yeah. it all opens up, doesn't it, when when it's taken that long to develop. Um, I think Whitworth had his back at the last minute there, but no, that was uh, that was special. And special like shout out for Whit, really. Big Whit, yeah. Big Whit, he's now beat every third, he's beat every every team in the NFL. Big, big call that one. And the question is, will he retire at the end of the season if we don't win the Super Bowl? Not sure, not sure. I love it. Was quite it. A goal. Yeah. I was, I'm going to probably say exactly go what you're going to say, but go on. No, 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 you go for it, go on. <laughs> no, no, so you're going to talk about McVeigh in the changing room, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just uh, we hyped it up too much now. Yeah, man, no, I just, thought it was uh, brilliant. Yeah, he's handing out the game balls and he just goes, big shout out to. Uh, uh, I think he mentioned he's the tw- he mentioned he's beat every single, um, all 32 teams in the league and he's been playing for 45 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> And, and I think it shows the, the case of the man that he didn't even react. He just went, yeah, no, yeah. It's just That's what's nice. There's a bit of there's a seriousness, obviously, and there's there's the banter that seems like everyone enjoys playing with this team. So um, yeah, that was good to see. That was quite funny. So any other points, Jordan? You want to make on the game? Should we leave it there? No, I think we've ended on the what was the pretty big high point of the game in terms of the that play. So. I think we're, we're good to go. Now, we're not really going to mention, because uh, it's a bye week, uh, we'll have another pod next week where we'll talk about the Steelers game. What what has happened since is uh, to leave has been... Hello, breaking news. <laughs> that was just the perfect timing. See how I manage that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apologies. Can you, cue, can you cue that up again? Breaking news. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Akita Lee was traded <laughs> and uh, the, the rumours uh, sorry the, the team uh, Miami wasn't it uh, they could do a few players but the rumours are that he's not even going to play and he's going to retire but it's kind of a weird situation because we've is it still undisclosed picks or was it like a switch of the fifth rounds this year And I've read a seven well, and we've given them more picks have we have we is it because we tra- tra- uh, Gaining cap space so they could well, yeah. sign. That's what the rumour was, if you read it, is gaining cap space so it'll free money up for a Ramsey deal. I was going to say, I'm, to be honest, I'm not really... No, a, I'm not completely I know nothing off. about cap space. So, Jordan, do you know much about that area? Well, this is more of a trade. You'll see these types of trades more in the NBA. So, basketball, this happens all the time where 
teams will just dump players that are on bigger contracts so they can sign either their players to an extension or go after players in free agency. It's something that happens all the time in that sport. It's not really found its way to the NFL. The, probably the most recent case would have been the Texans traded Brock Osweiler to the Browns. Browns gave them nothing for him. They the, they gave him Brock Osweiler and a second round pick. But he had like a $16 million contract or something like that. So it was obviously more expensive. I think the Rams saved about $4.5 million, um, from Yeah, I think that's the figures, yeah. Well, so is that for this that, year? Is that this year's cap? Yeah, so no. basically because he's... I don't know if it's because he's on IR or just... Well, they get game checks every week, so although it's like 10... Like, say somebody's on £10 million for a year, it's split evenly between the 16 weeks and they get it every week. So he's still got £4.5 million left on that. Obviously, he's on IR, so he'll pick up. He's going to Florida, which is tax-free, so... Mm. I don't know if that's maybe sold him on the deal as well because the rumour was that he was either involved in trade talks or the Rams had went to him with saying, look, we want to send you here and he refused it. So I don't know if maybe that's been the the thing. Or if Miami have said, look, we're going to let you... He will either cut you or let you walk at the end of the year. So all indications... Obviously, the Rams didn't bring anyone else in, so all indications are that it's going to be for a Jalen Ramsey deal. Good stuff. So that's uh, that ties in nicely for you buying your jersey. Thank yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I dropped what seventy five pound on that or something like that. So that yeah. would have been a painful one if he left in the summer. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You see some of these deals go down. You can quite easily just be traded again for a load of picks back or something silly. So that's good. Um, and then. Uh, Another thing I have seen is that uh, Clay Matthews may be back for the Steelers game. So that'll be good because he was a bit of uh, having fun with the sacks before he, uh, he got broke his jaw. It was a broken jaw, wasn't it? A fractured jaw. Um, yeah. But someone else actually had a, quite a good game, didn't they? Uh, Obo. Yeah. Obo. 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 That's the one, Obo, yeah. That would have been his first, what was it, sack and a half? So... I mean, I just think it's kind of what we've been missing is just another another guy, another guy in the rotation to come in and and get get you know a bit of pressure on the quarterback. So it was five sacks on the day, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of what half sacks in there. There's what there's two two sacks split between a few guys. So Oboe's got one and a half, Dante one and a half. Michael Brockers got half and Corey Littleton got half and then Aaron Donald had that one where he suplexed uh, Andy Dalton. I quite enjoyed that one and I think I got quite carried away. The thing was, I think he, I don't know if it was Joe Mixon that he suplexed or if it was maybe another running back and I was thinking, God, I'm two, two rows behind your mum and dad and you're getting wiped out. I can't imagine what they're feeling like. <laughs> If even I'm like, oh god, <laughs> just apologising on there, but just I'm completely hard. manhandled. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, we'll leave uh, we'll leave the the rest of the team news there, and we'll touch on now a couple of the podcasts that are, you guys have been on. Obviously, with the weekend uh, and us uh, mixing around with the guys on the team and with uh, guys that come over from LA, and obviously growing on social media, we've had the privilege of being invited on a couple of podcasts. So. 
Chris, do you want to just briefly touch on your experience with the Rams Brothers podcast that you appeared on? Yeah, so we we as a, a group we we obviously got invited on to um, these guys' pod earlier on in the week. Um, really nice guys. So obviously, it's the, the the general sort of questions that we we get asked of why the Rams and and how we all obviously got together in relation to what we're doing. Yeah, it was good. They were obviously chatting about the game, asking about the experience that we had um, in the stadium and chatting through through different things and like that. But no, it was it was it was good. It, and like you say, it, it's good to have the exposure for like we spoke about earlier. It was nice to see that that people sort of are taking note for for what we're doing and and going going around there. Really, no, it, it was an enjoyable experience to have that conversation with people across the pond and it'd be much happy to do it again. Yeah, I've seen them on Twitter, but I've never actually listened to their podcast. And obviously with yourself being on it, I gave it a good listen uh, to see what they had to say, but more importantly, what you had to say. Obviously. <laughs> the celebrity that you are. Well. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, they were really, um, it was a really interesting podcast. They do it really well. I like all the little sound effects. Might have to introduce that. <laughs> you have to listen back for that but uh, no it was a, it's a really good podcast so I suggest uh, people to, to look them up give them a listen too so Jordan you actually uh, spoke to Serena the Rams team reporter today on her podcast you want to just touch briefly on that yeah um, that was just when did that come through I think it was Monday night she invited, invited one of us on and yeah it was uh, quite early, well, kind of mid to late afternoon here, so I think you guys were at work, but I, I took a week off work to recover from all the walking about and stuff, to be honest, in London. Um, so I was I was free to do it, so if anybody's ever listened to it, it's, called, it's just called Rambling, so it is an official uh, team podcast, but it's kind of more, not quite off topic, but it's, you know, it's not specifically breaking down the, the game going through the you know the X's and those stuff it's kind of more a fun relaxed podcast so I think she, they were just looking it was Serena and, and Matt who I think he's the, like the producer the, but he kind of chimes in as well he's on there so yeah it was a, a lot of fun that was probably on there for about half an hour or see how much they edit out when it goes out I think that's going out uh, <laughs> hopefully not as much as my appearance on CBS <laughs> LA <laughs> I recorded you on your CBS thing and I think I've got more footage than they used <laughs> <laughs> not to bring it up again but I thought it would have been more funny if they just left the first bit on <laughs> it was like a two second bit where it's just me going yeah it's really growing over here <laughs> and it just cuts out I uh, and I will just so apologies that you haven't got visuals, everybody listening now, but the best part that they cut of Aaron's interview was where people would have seen that we, there was a couple of us wearing the LA Rams UK polo shirts where he held the emblem of the polo shirt of our emblem and went, LA Rams UK, listen. <laughs> yeah. Gutted they that's, cut that bit. <laughs> that should have been right at the end. Right at the end of the edit. Especially that money that I stuck in his pocket. <laughs> we didn't bribe yeah. any reporters. No, I promise that did not no, happen. No, that didn't happen. Shout out to Jake, though. Thanks for doing that. Um, yeah, super. Because he, he got a great story. Uh, I, I can't get his name there, but um, one of the German fans that came over, um, a big Hecker fan, 
so that was good to watch as well. And Heck has reached out to him on Twitter actually and said that he's going to contact him and send him some stuff as well, which is good. I saw that. That's brilliant. And also they sorted out another German family tickets, didn't they, on the day? So that was. Uh... Yeah, they did. I thought it was quite comical where they, everybody knew tickets were coming, but Tory Holt dragged that out for a little while, which was quite yeah. funny. <laughs> I was going to say that I would have just left him. This is his own fault that he forgot his tickets. Yeah. <laughs> You obviously don't care enough. Go back home. Oh, and off you go. Yeah. <laughs> Superb. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. So, um, with that said, we've got a few questions. I think we asked, uh, again, people that follow us on Facebook, uh, Insta, and Twitter. So, Jordan, do you want to pick a few that we had there and we'll see if we can answer them? Yeah, oh, I'll have a hunt for them now. So, right. So, we've got one from Mark who kind of talks about what we, we kind of briefly spoke about in terms of after you know like uh, Gurley getting sort of rested if you like and then we spoke about you know obviously the playbook kind of scaled back a bit and we're also kind of letting the let the clock run out so he's kind of saying overall do you think we have shown enough in the first half of the season uh, to suggest we can hit the playoffs so obviously that's Leading on to the fact that we're five and three at the minute, we've got the 49ers at seven and zero, and then you've got the Seahawks who are sitting at six and two. So obviously they're a game and a game. What is that game and a half? I think they call it on ahead of us at the minute. And then obviously he's also asked who are our main rivals for the wild card. So I'll let you guys chime in on whether you think we've shown enough to suggest we can hit the playoffs first. Um, Chris, you want to take it? <laughs> I think we are showing that we were we, we've got playoff pedigree because we, we've been obviously the last couple of seasons. Yes, the division has definitely improved around us. One of the things I mentioned on the the podcast that I did with the Rams brothers was the fact that I worry of three games. I, I they're the the three games that I worry of that for coming up. I worry about going to Dallas. I don't know why. I always do the Forty ers game and the Seahawks game. Apart from that. I think we should, in my opinion, I think we should pick up the W on all of those other games. They're the three that we need to pick the points up. And then it comes on to the point where actually we're probably looking for other people to do us a favour. And not even just in our division for the, for a sort of a, for a wild card spot. Because I, I don't think we're probably going to get in a position of divisional way into the playoffs. So the wild card may need to be off our way in. So I think there's some other things that need to happen for us to do that. But I think we will get ourselves in the position of definitely in the hunt. Uh, yeah, so that, that's basically where I think we are, really. Aidan, anything else to add? Yeah, I think we've said before that we've shown flashes in all areas of the game, but just hasn't all come together. Maybe more so with these the two teams we played in the last couple of weeks because they're not that great. But... In terms of what schedule we've got coming up, we do have, as it stands now, we do have three teams that are currently three and four. And that would be the Steelers, Bears and the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals have shown a little bit of promise, I guess, in the last few weeks, uh, getting a few wins. But I'd like to think we could beat them. Bears at home, Steelers away, but Steelers are really struggling, I think, at the moment. And then, obviously, we've got our... our Division arrivals with um, Seattle and 49ers again. I think it's really going to come down to that. That's the thing this year is that those two teams are they're doing really well. Where it's normally a two horse race this division, and I think it may come down to that last game, which is away against the 49ers. 
but we definitely have the ability to. It's just if it carries on the way it's been going, where you know the offense is doing well, the defense isn't, or uh, special teams let us down, then we might struggle. But there definitely is an opportunity there. It's not not all is lost, even though Seattle and 49ers are doing quite well. Yeah, um, I mean that's pretty much. I think there's a lot of teams that do fall away in the second half of the season. So even though we have showed glimpses in the first half, it's all about how you carry on into the, the second half. Also, we've got the two-win streak um, going in. We've got three. I think we've got three games coming up there. I like our chances in them. Um, Steelers, first of all. Bears aren't doing too great at the minute. I know they gave us fits um, last year, but that was on the road. I think getting them at home could be, you know, that, that that's one that you, you maybe expect us to win. And then the Ravens, who that's going to be a tough game, but but you know that that's that's one again. I think at home that you've got to think that you can win. Um, and also we've got like so Tony going out there for that one, so hmm. he'll be hoping that we get the win. Mister Predictions will be in there for that day. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of the second part of Mark's question which is the main rivals for the, the wild card so at the minute you've got the Seahawks and the Vikings are in 6-2 and two. they're in the, the two wild card spots at the minute um, and then back going back behind the Rams the Rams are in 7th place so the Rams are next in in terms of wild card spots come back one you've got the Panthers at 4-3 and three, so they've obviously they've already had their bye week so they're, they're again behind the Rams in terms of what they've played so we'll see where they end up this weekend although I think we should maybe have the tiebreaker on them um, because we beat them this year um, and then you've got the likes of Lions Eagles are the only other two that are that are even or better so it's kind of tight it's going to be I think it's going to be very tight up until they kind of week 17 I don't think you're going to see the Rams resting anyone this year so it's going to be tight um, and we'll I suppose we'll need to see how that how that pans out so I think that's that's it for the Facebook question so I'll try and run back and find my Twitter ones now so just a quick shout out to Mark actually he was in the telephone exchange which is the other pub um, with his, and he took everybody's prediction down which we did shall we say, alcohol-infused. So it'd be good if you could actually post them again Mark, on, one, on, on Facebook to actually see what we all actually said, because I can't remember. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, well I know my prediction on the, podcast, uh, on the podcast last week, my prediction on that's and uh, scoring uh, a punt return didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> While Jordan's finding those questions, I, I just want to give, obviously, a shout-out to Tony and also Tom, who, who obviously we mentioned that Tom does quite a bit of the stuff on sort of the X and O's on, on stuff that we do on our, our website and so on. But he was Mr. Handout LA Rams UK business cards in the Barrowboyan Banker on Saturday and did a great job of, of making sure that everybody in there knew exactly who we were. Uh, and Tony was the Don. We were basically just bringing people to speak to Tony <laughs> as the godfather. Um, he so himself yeah. up at a table, didn't he? Just, just a shout <laughs> out to both of those two guys as well. Yeah, so we've got a couple of questions by uh, Scott on Twitter. So I think we've probably covered the first one, which was just thoughts on the Tlaib trade. Or, well, I don't think we, was anybody surprised by it? Was it one that you were expecting? Anyone, Chris? Um, well, I think, sorry, oh. no, Chris. I wasn't expecting it, if I'm truthfully honest with you. But I, I've come to the point now where I, I, I have no point trying to guess what Leslie's thinking. Um, 
So you, for when when everybody starts saying all oh, the trade deadlines in twenty four hours, you're thinking, ah, oh, this is where Les wakes up. But no, I wasn't expecting that to leave. But I'm not probably as close as others are in relation to the cap space and and trading on that basis. So maybe others were more ready for it than I was really. And the same with Chris, really. Like with the guy on injured reserve, you just sort of think you just see the season out, and then just the contract wouldn't be renewed. So. It was, uh, yeah, I weren't, uh, it's like Chris, not a guy in terms of uh, knowledge on cap space, so I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, that's quite unexpected when you're on IR, so, but as we kind of I touched on, it's kind of just a cap dump, so, especially with the, the way the Dolphins are tanking, even though it's only a fifth round pick, they're going to take any pick they can get, I think, at this minute in time. So, I think it was a, a bit of a win-win for both teams, although, the Rams only get the win if they, they lock up Ramsey, I suppose. So we'll see on that one. And then his other one is, do you expect, or did you expect more moves by us? So when that trade got made and they're saying, you know, there's a bit more cap space, did you think we'd bring MDLs in, Aaron? To be honest, no. I mean, what, I know you never know um, with Let's Need, but it just felt like we didn't really have much to trade with. So, and if you're going to bring anyone in, it's going to have to be a, a star, I would have thought, that's going to change the the first string. So, not really, no. Chris? I think the only one people were even talking about was obviously Trent Williams, but I don't think that was going to happen for how much it effectively cost you. And it's funny, isn't it? As soon as the trade deadline closes, he turns up for training. Funny that, isn't it? Well, yeah, and also they uh, were the first round pick, didn't they? Yeah. One. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, not one for us. We don't do first round. No. <laughs> and when Take we do, we normally go very, very early. That's right. We'll trade back into the next day. I actually failed his physical, Trent Williams, on not anything to do with legs, back, anything like that. It was to do with when he put his his uh, helmet on, apparently a discomfort on his head. Discomfort? And, yeah. So And the, doc- the doctors didn't clear him. So that's a new conspiracy that because he was basically slagging off the doctors because I think he what he felt like he needed surgery and they they didn't basically recommend it for him or anything that there's a bit of conspiracy going that because he's he's been slagging them off that they've just not cleared them now. Um, but yeah, that was the only one I think that would have made much of any sense, especially considering the fact that he's worked with McVeigh before. But by all accounts, it sounds like the 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 Redskins wanted a, a player as well and not just any player a kind of star player so I don't think it was ever going to be a goer once you heard the, the price so I think if you you've, you've got Ramsey if you lock him up I think that's that's probably good enough for the, the trading for the for the season now the deadline's gone so there's a kind of couple one from David and I'm, again I'm going to butcher this name I don't know why I, I do the questions Um <laughs> I think it's Fiek, Fiek Murphy. I think he was the other, judging by his profile picture, he was the other guy that had the Tory Holt All-Star jersey on. So you'd have seen him up answering a question that we spoke about earlier, won a T-shirt. So they just kind of go on the struggles of the run game. One is, what will the starting offensive line be by the end of the season if there's no further injuries? And then the other one is, with the struggles in the run game, is it time to try... David suggested Higby on Munt as like a, a fullback in some cases to maybe give a bit of extra blocking. Don't know any of these thoughts. I can't. I, I think the fact that Demby 
was in for one week and now he was he was inactive on Sunday there. I think the Rams are pretty much fine with what they've got now. Obviously, Noteboom's not going to come back. So at the minute, it's Whitworth, then David Edwards, Brian Allen, Austin Blythe and Rob Havenstein. So I think it's probably going to stay like that for the rest of the season. Then in terms of a fullback, I mean, something that McVeigh's never never ran, I think. No. I think his first year we drafted a fullback and then I don't think he made the, the roster. I think Sam Rogers was a fullback. That's, that it, drafted. Time, yeah. That's it. Uh, and then I think he, I don't even know if he made the practice squad and then he was, I don't know where he is now, if he's out of the league or or whatever, so it's obviously something that McVeigh doesn't really fancy. I don't think it particularly works with a zone run game that he run, uh, that McVeigh uses either. So obviously you've got kind of your whenever you see the Rams running outside zone and everything, the, the lines moving as one, including sometimes a tight end to either side, and that doesn't necessarily work with a with a fullback. So maybe next year it's something that he can. As Chris says, you need to change every year. You can't just stay the same. So mm. maybe maybe it's a wrinkle that he adds in. But I think for this year, I think I think he's going to try and maybe hope that the likes of the bye week gives the, the offensive line a bit of shot in the arm and and they come out firing for the second half of the season. Don't know if anybody's got anything to, to add there. No, I don't think I can do any better than that, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need some consistency with the, with the line. They've all got to know exactly what everybody's doing and. Just to keep thinking, potentially we're going to change it, and I, we can keep going on about the running game. I don't see the issue with it. I think we're doing what we need to do, and we're, if we're, we're scoring the points and getting the W, I don't really care how we get it. If I'm truthfully honest with you, in relation to both lines, with, with the, the D line and the O line, I think they need to work as a pack, and I think he now is happy with the pack that he's got on both sides of the ball. So now it's just a matter of those guys getting their heads down and doing the work and understanding how each of them work. And I think that's where potentially you may even see lesser penalties potentially happening on the line because I think sometimes that's where you do get your your full starts and, and sort of neutral neutral zone infraction is the fact that the old line and D-line aren't sure who's going to go first. So I think once they start playing together a bit more, those penalties may disappear as well. I don't know, I might be wrong, but there we are. And that pretty much wraps up the questions so any other business I think now no I think um, I think we're, we're okay to wrap it up I believe so yeah as we mentioned earlier we are on a bye week so we won't obviously go into the Steelers game this week we'll talk about it next week and any other changes that happen in the week so obviously just to sign off just a, a a big thanks to the Rams again for coming down for the weekend. Uh, everyone had a great time from wherever you came from Germany or from LA and us guys here. Uh, it was great to see all the people that we interact with on the social media. So Facebook, Instagram and, and Twitter. Thanks for all the great feedback. And uh, it, it was a real pleasure. Any last words guys? On the German thing, did you see the pin board? It was like the full of Germany was there. So... <laughs> The, 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 for anyone who wasn't there they did like the big pin board in the Barrowbine Banker where you had to basically put a little pin where you came from in the world so in Germany like you couldn't have fit another one in there if you tried so either there was a lot of Germans there or there's a lot of liars it was one of the two but Germans probably living over here <laughs> yeah put it in there anyway 
No, it was impressive. Okay, well, on that note then, um, we'll uh, catch you next week for the next week's podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later.